All right, welcome to another episode of the Big and Small Media Podcast. I'm the small one. I'm Zach. And I am Darren. I am the the big one. Big boy. And today we are <laughs> we are joined by two people yet again. Mr. Brett Neithamer. How are you? Hello. I'm doing good. How are you guys? Pretty good. Here to talk about some Suicide Squad. And with us also is Mr. Sean Weiss. How are you? Hello again. I am good. We are just pretty soon. It's just going to be my and Brett's podcast. We're going to take yep. over. Slowly, it wouldn't be too surprising. We're going to have to rename it, though. Maybe that's true. We already we'll we already talked about this on the last, uh, on the last fair, podcast. Yeah. They're going to be the uh, what was it? I forgot. Medium, medium, and medium. Yeah. <laughs> the. The milk One of us really podcast. should be psychic for that. <laughs> uh, I gotta open up my chakra, my third eye. Yeah. <laughs> Two average guys. No extremes <laughs> in this podcast. <laughs> Two I mean, to be fair, Sean, I mean, I don't know. Sean is pretty fat, you know, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> he, he could be the big one of the two of us. <laughs> we should compare now. <laughs> I don't have a webcam. Oh damn, that's true. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say they're both I was gonna say they're both extremely skinny, but like Sean has really just like not changed at all over the last like no, really has since yeah. I've known him. It's that pescatarian <laughs> diet, man. It he literally uh, hasn't doesn't changed. pack on the weight. <laughs> but uh but yeah, it's uh good to have you guys back. I know you Brett is almost like a third official co-host at this point sean is on his way so yeah this is my third time i think i think so something it's like, like that this is like fifth or sixth time or something. yeah he's been he's been like half of our fucking episodes hasn't so. been that many wow yeah, i actually realized i didn't say anything about it last time but last podcast we hit double digits so. oh wow oh, shit yeah Congrats. Double digits, man. Our 11th episode anniversary today. <laughs> Double digits. Where every other man stone. on the planet has already one, gone. One. Yep. <laughs> awesome. That's true. We're officially... Well, well, I mean, we have all these friends that, you know, like all the same stuff, so might as well bring them on, right? Right. More we were, uh, we were gonna try to We were going to try to bring my brother on for some Pokemon action, but... I know he listens to this podcast, but I'm going to say it anyway. But getting him to do this, like pulling teeth. So. Yo, he's, your brother he's and scared. I need to come on and talk about Evangelion because, like, he's what scary. the fuck? <laughs> I don't he, think he's scary. He might he talk just... about anime. You might be able to get him on with anime. I mean, Listen, seriously, he loves like, Pokemon more than like life. What the hell happened? Because yeah. yeah. right. it's, I'm, I'm, I'm very much torn. It's, I'd I have to like, watch it, but I've heard something. things about the ending. I've heard a message. I'd have to watch it. Because I've never watched any of it, so I have watched the originals, the but... full anime series. I've only watched the rebuild of Evangelion movies, so that's what that's my knowledge base. That's what I went through. I went through all four movies, and I've been waiting years since I saw the third one, and then finally saw this one. Um, I want to start the show. It's on Netflix. I probably will very soon. Uh, but it's just just an interesting perspective of like someone who didn't watch the show but has seen the movies. Uh, so watching that final movie was pretty crazy. It was very, very interesting. <laughs> All right. That's good to know. Someday I'll watch them. I watched the original show, but I haven't watched any of the movies. Uh, but today we are here to talk Suicide Squad. Oh, the, the Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. The Big Suicide. difference. The yeah. I mean, I assume we'll be comparing it to the original. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Will be yeah, there's definitely some, yes. some some things that I want to bring up in comparison as well. Yeah, that's fair. So, what like how one's dog shit and one's not? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's uh, not uh, all right. Good podcast, everyone. <laughs> Actually, some very similar similar moments. That is very true. I would Just... love to see that parallel. <laughs> yes, <laughs> similar Just... moments. Well, I don't. I don't know how. Yeah. It's just wildly better writing oh, <laughs> and, and acting all together. That's like saying that like a pile of dog shit is similar to a chocolate bar and that they're both brown and that's it. <laughs> hey man, that is a comparison. That's true. I guess. Lines but... can be drawn. <laughs> Sometimes my shit's green. 
All right. So. <laughs> <Hey, man. laughs> Thank you for that, Zach. But, uh, Appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think from the get go, we should. Ju- I should just put this out there, and I'm pretty sure I speak for all of us when I say, "The Suicide Squad." James Gunn's. Uh, I guess it's technically a sequel. Um, I'm pretty sure that we all really enjoyed it. Is so. redo. Yes. Yeah. Like an area. So it wasn't a redo though. As far as I understand it, it was loosely a sequel. Yes. So. <laughs> no, it absolutely is a very loose sequel. Yeah. Yeah. To both they... Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey. And yep. which are both piles of dog shit. <laughs> I actually enjoy Birds of Prey in certain areas. I, I haven't actually watched Birds fun, of Prey. So. I think it's a fun, colorful detour and nothing more. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's, a, that's not bad. That's a very, that's goes. a very nice, that's a very partisan way. No, it's, to... it's 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 a comic book movie. It is a fun, enjoyable film, and that's what it needed to be. I think it has two excellent lead performances in Margot Robbie and uh, Ewan McGregor. I think they Ewan, both. Ewan. The show. Ewan. They uh, and like it's basically like is it is it classical take on any of the characters? Absolutely not. But if you go in for it for what it is, which is just a wildly ridiculous film that literally transports Harley Quinn's personality into a visual medium, then you'll enjoy it for what it is. Nothing more. I like, did want to see it just for you and McGregor because I heard he's really like, good in that movie. He's so good. <laughs> and I, I, I may be in the minority here, but I absolutely love his weird relationship he has with Zaz. I know it's nothing in the comic. There's nothing like that in the comics. I do not give a shit because Does he kiss a boy. Does he kiss a man? You'll oh, see. Boy. It's God really damn. it's 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 weird. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's like it's not accurate in any way, shape or form. But for like a fun side story, comic book, weird, goofy, R rated movie, it's an enjoyable hour and 40 minutes. Like that's that's what I'll say about it. You know, that's it fair. does what it does. Fine. And nothing more. I mean, I'll also say from my perspective, highly forgettable because I don't remember a damn thing about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, having not seen it that that sounds at least decent for a DC movie. Right. I would take, I would take <laughs> pretty fun and forgettable to some of the other stuff. They've <laughs> I <laughs> that's mean, true. that's fair. It's, it's crazy how DC has been like wildly, like all over the map in terms of quality and in terms yeah. of like filmmaking, like tone and, yeah. and style. It's been all over the map. It's because when one, when one film does like not, a billion dollars or like a, clearly this doesn't work let's try something else <laughs> right no i think that's absolutely part of the problem was they they abandoned something before they even like fully gave it a chance and even if when they even if they had given it a chance and it would have been like an okay reception you can still pivot and change and adapt like not every movie in Marvel's second phase was a home run, but they didn't abandon ship. They just said, "Okay, let's learn yeah. from what people didn't like and move forward." And yeah. DC just went, "Hold up, let's change everything from the get go." And that was just so stupid. Like, <laughs> if and Marvel now, had pulled the plug on everything, movies, after- they're like kind of suffering consequences of this yeah. drastic change. True. Yeah. If Marvel had just pulled the plug after Thor two, that would have right. been. A tragedy. Yeah, very unfortunate. Have, uh, Ragnarok. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, All so right. where are we starting this conversation, Zach? Well, I guess we can start with the person we were already talking about with Harley Quinn. Uh, this is personally the first movie I've watched with her that I've actually not hated her, which is good. <laughs> I think it was a good yeah. start. 100% yeah. tolerable in this movie, which is surprising. Yeah. But and she I, actually, there were scenes with James her I Gunn. actually enjoyed. So. <laughs> I think Harley and James Gunn are a match made in heaven. Yeah, it's good. I think James Gunn's just really good director yeah, <laughs> in general and writing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I yeah. think yes. I think of of the three films, he is the one that has been able to understand Harley the best. And mm-hmm. I think also just because Margot has had like th- three movies to get used to the character, this is definitely her best role. Like I think even in suicide squad, I think she is one of the few good things about it. I think she's really good in birds of prey. And I think she's great in this one. Like yeah. she, I think with each role and each turn as Harley, she's just gotten better. And, uh, and James's writing and directing has done wonders for her. I am just glad that they finally actually just spelled out like her relationship with the Joker 
because so many so often people completely misinterpret the fact that she is there to be a warning about abusive relationships and how people get stuck (laughs) in those cycles yeah and they're like oh just because she loves them and it's so nice and i'm like no you're missing the whole point yeah (laughs) that's not what it's supposed to be and in this one she straight up acknowledges that she's like yeah i can't do this because i'm seeing the red flags so that is but One of the few elements that's like a pseudo sequel, you could say, uh, Two Birds of Prey, because like, even though you haven't seen it, I'm sure you're aware it's the film in which her and Joker break up. It's weird. It's, It's a bit in the very opening. The whole movie is essentially about the consequences of that and not necessarily about that, you know, um, But but it's 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 fair to say that this does pick up afterwards. So she's definitely moved on. Uh, you can see she got the tattoo on her face that said "rotten" removed. She also, if if you guys paid attention to the continuity of her tattoos, which is a really weird I thing. I did not. <laughs> I can honestly um, tell you, I did. Several several of her Joker specific tattoos have been removed by this point. And it's like she still had a couple of them in Birds of Prey because like she just br- it, it's it like it makes sense in a continuity right. kind of sense where like she's dating him. She breaks up with him. And then like there's a bit of time in between. And at this point, she's like kind of starting to move on. She's yeah. had several tattoos removed. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. just glad that they finally like said outright like, hey, these types of relationships are not good. Stop yeah, that, them as soon as you can. <laughs> the whole scene where she talks about it after killing the dude is a really good scene. It was. And like I think I think Margot Robbie is a really good actress. It's just you just need to give her the right stuff. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, don't, I, I think she has like nailed Margot Robbie since the start, but like it just <laughs> they laid it on like way too thick. And I know it was because they were trying to use her to like because they know how popular her yeah. and the yeah. Joker are for yeah. extremely misguided reasons they're popular, but yeah. nonetheless, yeah. they're popular. Yeah. Um, I think they just tried to roll with that too hard in the in, in Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey, and they just laid on Harley Quinn way too thick and, like, really, like, exaggerated her already exaggerated features and personality to try to, like, yeah. push her to the forefront. And like and like you guys said, like it was just too much for me in those first movies. But in this movie, it was reined in in a in a very good way, where it That's wasn't overbearing so and like in your too in your face. Like I get she's an in your face character, but like that's the thing. Like when you take a, a character that's in your face already by default and try to shove them in your face even more, it's just, it's just too much. It's true. Yeah. So are you are you trying to tell me that romanticizing like a dating a serial killer dude is weird? Or something you shouldn't do. It should be weird, <laughs> but argue. these days yeah. it's not. Everyone's like, "Yeah, I, if you're not obsessed with me, I don't want it." It's like right. Jeffrey right. Dahmer was hot. Go to therapy. Go to therapy yeah. or something. <laughs> I don't you know can be obsessed in a couple of different ways. I feel like there's very much that line has been blurred uh, by a lot of people. I say like, like obsession it, is obsession, and infatuation is one thing, but obsession is like that's fair. I, I guess think, you I don't think it, there's ever a good way to be obsessed with somebody i think it's not healthy i guess strictly by definition of obsession you could classify it as other ways yeah Yeah. so yeah i I, I feel like if you're like obsessed with like a certain trait of somebody because like you like it a lot that's one thing but like if you're like utterly obsessed with someone as a whole yeah not good you need to like get a life get some friends (laughs) you know Go to therapy. I, I don't know. Other what to aspects tell you, but... to your life. Like, one one and, aspect yeah. of life should not consume your whole life. Also, don't and take any of my advice because I am not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm just some guy. So Don't let him lie but to you. He's all you have things. a podcast. <laughs> That's true. true. I am a now an authority, I guess. You could just <laughs> lie and no one would question it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not going to ask for my <laughs> credentials, right? <laughs> That's true. But yeah, I think this was definitely... I, I'm not a Harley Quinn fan. Um, predominantly because of that whole thing where they introduced her as this warning and people vastly misconstrued it uh, to the point where like the comics and the Harley Quinn show, I, from what I've heard deals with it very well. Oh my uh, God. It's the all best. about in doom patrol. The best thing. Yeah, DC's they, done they finally like had to just here. be like, all right, fans, you guys don't seem to be getting the subtext here. So we're just going to spell it out for you. That right. was bad. <laughs> don't do that. It's um, yeah. It's so fantastic. On her own. I think it's a much better character 
she's fun. I went into this expecting the version of her from the first Suicide Squad that, like Darren said, I think was just too in your face about it's like somebody in high school being like, ah, I'm so crazy and random. Look at me just trying to get attention. Right. <laughs> um, and it, it didn't come across as like actual, you know, anything to care about. Right. And this one, I think she was much more, it was toned down a bit. She was a much more relatable character. Uh, she definitely had, like Zach said, that, that one scene specifically, uh, not only was it a good scene, I think it had her funniest line, in my opinion, in the whole movie, where at the end, which is like, I can't believe this thing had a bullet in it. Right. <laughs> which wasn't something I had even thought, like, normally I'm pretty critical of that type of stuff in movies, that she picked up some antique gun out of a case, um, <laughs> and then she pretty. points it out at the end of this otherwise very serious scene, and it actually made me laugh, which I think is the first <laughs> time one of her jokes has really landed for me. So, Big credit to what they did with her character in the story. James Gunn is very good at that kind of like like pointing out a really weird thing that you wouldn't normally think about, yeah. like in the moment, and then being like, "Isn't this like a funny thing or yeah. a weird thing?" And you go, I, "Oh my god, yeah." I think in, in a lot of cases, it is something I would have been like, "Why did that random gun have a? Why was it loaded?" But, you were but so because of the scene, with what she was yeah. saying. Yeah, exactly. Like, it like throws you off, and then he well. and then he brings it back around. And yeah, he's like, it was ah. it was very well done, and uh, I also think her keeping her separate at the beginning and letting the team build their own personalities, and then cutting back to her, giving her her time, and then intercutting both of them when she comes when they come to get her, I think was a good way to do it, so that she didn't they didn't try to make her overshadow anybody. I was I thinking the same know. exact thing, like while you were talking about her. Yeah, like, there's there's a lot to say about that whole second team dynamic. It's very interesting. Yeah. Why don't we talk about the first team in the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the first well, team that you mean the first uh, team that won. All right, we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, it's really cool. Like, I mean, I think. I think this is a moment where James is doing like two things at once in a very extreme James Gunn B movie trauma esque fashion. And that is, first of all, it's the opening of a movie called the suicide squad. So he's literally going, all right, this is exactly what you're getting into. Yep. And just killing everyone because (laughs) it's literally called the suicide squad. You assholes like kind of thing. Um, while simultaneous, and that's why I think it works on its own, if you haven't seen the original and stuff, uh, or you're unaware of things. It's, it still works on its own as a film because it's still like this encompassing of what the overall premise is in a very over-the-top and wacky way. Mm-hmm. However, at the same time, I think he's also very slyly, he's absolutely playing with expectations, with especially characters on that team with Rick Flagg and Harley Quinn and Captain Boomerang. And, like, just absolutely going for gusto, slaughtering, and just taking your expectations, like, and sweeping them out the door. Because, like, I mean, even seeing the commercial, I'm, like, watching, and I'm like, okay, I feel like this character and this character and this character are going to go. He's probably going to kill off one or two people, like, needlessly in a comedic James Gunny way. And then he literally does it to half of the cast in the opening five minutes. And you're like, oh, (laughs) shit. (laughs) Like, this is... He's going hard, man. I was kind gonna, of- I was gonna agree with you on the point where you're like, to a to a degree, but you kind of like circle it around to my point, like, because like like you said, like we're watching the Suicide Squad, and we know this one, you know, at least from what we heard, you know, people are gonna die in this one. Um, but I kind of had the same expectations as you, where I was like, oh, you know, there's no way they're gonna kill off this whole first team, because like. I kind of had this idea that there was like maybe two teams because like obviously Idris Elba's character wasn't present in that first team yeah. and, and all that. So I was like, all right, it's probably two teams. But I wasn't expecting that he was just going to annihilate like the whole entire <laughs> first team except for, uh, you know, uh, Harley and uh, Flag. Yeah. Um, but and it was Weasel. just it, it was awesome though. I was like, oh man, this is so great. Yeah. Also, I yeah, also Weasel. part of Weasel's part of Weasel. the, like like oh yeah, Weasel. Weasel did make it. Oh my god, that that was amazing. That was genius. But I think part of for me what put that over the top and made it like like over the top but twisted 
is the fact that so it's happening i'm watching this movie and i'm watching a bunch of people die and everything and as i'm watching i'm going oh okay so the main team is like going in to rescue the survivors of this team immediately cut to the second team landing and you go oh fuck they were literally slaughtered as a diversion yeah wow <laughs> that makes it like 10 times worse and then intercut that with all the people behind the scenes fucking betting and being like fuck yeah i just got like a thousand dollars because i bet this asshole was gonna die and you're like wow this is simultaneously the most like cheery like fun opening and like the most fucked up opening it's such a it's such a funny way to do things in the beginning i think all those actors had such a such an easy paycheck, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> All these big name actors just getting wrecked in the beginning. <laughs> uh, Brett, I think uh, that's something James Gunn did really well about the tone of the movie. There mm. is, it's obviously very graphic, and like some of the stuff is really dark, but he keeps it fun and enjoyable the whole time. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he actually said on one of like the HBO Max like side behind the scenes clips that I watched. Oh, yeah. Uh, he said, I love comic books. I also know how stupid they are. And I think that's very <laughs> yes. much something that, like, DC so has not really got up to this point, I don't think. Yeah. Like, some of the things in d- comics are just stupid, and you have to admit that to, yep. like, enjoy it. They can't all be serious and dark and broody the whole time, because Santa Claus is a DC character. He shows up in <laughs> comics. Like, it's true. It's He's part of the same the world. Strongest mutant in Marvel. Yeah, like they show up <laughs> in the comics. You can't then, you can't have Batman all the time just like, where's Harvey? Like, <laughs> there, there has to be there has to be levity and humor to what's going yeah, on because that's just the world that it's set in. It's, what? Oh God, I'm gonna butcher saying this name, but mix it, Pitalik. Mixer, like his, Mr. Mixy Plixits? Yes, Plixits. yeah, that one. Mr. Um, Mixy Plixits, I like think. That, like, his whole yeah. thing, he's literally just, like, this goofy trickster that's just there yeah. to make comedic, like, comedic buffoonery uh, to get in your character's way. Like, it's... Yeah. It's so light, and... No, I agree. I think I think James very much, like, understood that. that, and that's why, yeah. like, I, I, I think this is absolutely the most like outright just entertaining film of the dceu just 100 yes. hell in this right. in this movie we have freaking polka dot man who like throws polka dots and yeah. it's like this it, it's was, just like this gimmicky funny thing but then it turns out he's like op as fuck like yeah, the fucking polka dots just disintegrate it's, everything. It's I remember seeing the trailer and the uh, it, okay, I had two major predictions in the trailer that did come true, but I did not predict to like the uh, the massive effect that they would have on me, and that is um so spoiler alert one, I had a feeling that they were going to kill off Rick Flag. I, I didn't know that, that he was going to actually. All. That was pretty surprising to me. I didn't wasn't expecting that because I was just like he's one of the survivors of the first movie. He's got to go, like kind of thing. I just had that feeling. I did not know that they were going to actually make me really like him because he was like (laughs) nothing shit about him in that first movie. Well, to be fair though, like the first Suicide Squad, they didn't make you like any of the characters. No, that's true. You didn't care about anybody from the first. I think his performance was very wooden. He looked very like his face looked sunken in. Like there's jokes online and like memes of like him being like a crap head or something like that and like he looks he looks weirdly skinny even though he's like obviously jacked like it's weird and then this one he just he looks like he looks better he looks healthier looks he looks like a soldier better shape like he and 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 i just like i liked him and i liked him as a character yeah and then when he died i went damn it james i knew you were gonna do it but you had to make me like him beforehand yeah, i i thought right. him and harley were the two that were making it through the movie because they were the ones that have kind of been the through line. Right. Yeah. 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 So I assumed both them were making that. So when he died, I yeah. was like, that, that caught me way off guard. So the, the other, the other thing I saw coming, but not to the effect of it. Um, so 
the second I saw Polka Dot Man, I was like, oh my god, they're putting Polka Dot Man in this movie? He's the stupidest character ever, and James Gunn is going to make him so amazing. I know it. <laughs> and of course he did. He literally made me fall in love with it. So we, all right, so we, we talk about Polka Dot Man. Let's talk about Polka Dot Man. He has this effect. He has this, this horrible, debilitating virus in this yeah. version of him in which, like, he must expel the Polka Dots twice a day or it, like, fucking kills him and, like, overtakes him, which is, like, such a brutally dark take on such a stupid power. And... <laughs> And then they bring in the psychology with his mother, which is like perfect James Gunn because it is so equally fucked up and dumb as hell. Hilarious. Like, <laughs> exactly. Hilarious. Like it's 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 right. And so then, like as it was funny, because because as I was watching the movie for the first time, it was like I'm having all these like rapid fire like like thoughts and stuff, and like. You know, Idris Elba's character, Bloodsport, he like he turns around, it's like the 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 act three, like, all right, we're gonna do this kind of thing. Like they turn around and they're like, all right, we're gonna fight Starro. And he's like giving orders, and as he's doing that, I'm like thinking about the character arcs and everything, and then I just I just start to weep and I just I just cry. And I just go, Oh my god, Polka Dot Man's gonna get to kill his mom. And then I just like start crying because of how beautifully stupid that is and how that is so perfectly James Gunn and something that is so outrageous yet in a weird way so emotional that like only cinema could deliver something as wacky as that is in such an emotionally impactful way. And so I was literally like crying as he's going like, I'm a superhero. (laughs) And then it happens. And I just yelled, Fuck! Like <laughs> it was brutal. And oh, I was when he, you mean when he got smashed to death? When yeah. he got smashed, yeah. I was so angry. <laughs> and then I went, "Thank you, James Gunn. You made me Come care on. about him so much." And then you did that, you beautiful bastard. <laughs> From the trailers, they actually did the opposite of what I thought they were going to do because they played him in the trailers like this depressed kind of useless guy and i was like all right they're gonna he's gonna survive because of that he seems yeah, like he I, wants to die in the trailers <laughs> and i was like all right he's probably gonna survive the whole movie and he didn't and i was like oh all right but then oh like you said i ended up really liking him anyway and so, to be fair like that, that moment where they're at the briefing and he's just like and idris is like we're all gonna die and he goes i hope so uh, that made yeah. me laugh so hard just his delivery of that was <laughs> perfect yeah, that's what made me think he was going to live through the whole movie. It's like <laughs> the cruelest thing to do to him is getting through the movie. Make him live, yeah. Man, let's, and then, let's talk uh, about... I, don't know, I was just going to say the other standout character was King Shark, I think. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> King Shark was fantastic. You know, Stallone, uh, good for him. That's a great character. It's yeah, a great role. I would yeah. love to see the behind the scenes of him doing those voices and that's that would be awesome. <laughs> I, I so really, good. really want to see King Shark and Aquaman, Momoa Aquaman team up and like meet up now. I really, I want really to like how they built the relationship between King Shark and Ratcatcher too. Yes, yeah, that was great. She number one works with animals. Number two already like has this connection of like work like caring for things that have nobody else cares for. Yeah. And so, like, her and this giant shark man who everyone's afraid of. And who tried to work. actually eat her also. Yeah. So, number three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, nobody else wants to be around him. And she is the one that, like, extends her hand and is willing to, like, bring him into the group. Yeah. And it's, Even... it's a really good thing to pick up on and, like, have those two kind of build the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I like that he was, like, more or less like the Hulk-ish character. But yep. was more of a comedic character as well yeah he was really good i think stallone did really good with his lines yeah. that didn't have too many of them but i think they're, they're really well <laughs> done the ones he, was, he did have were excellent. yeah they're they're all gold and he had some well, of the coolest shots too and he was like opinion. yeah like when he tears that freaking dude yeah, yeah. Light, yeah. lightning hits in the background other than, so cool. stallone, other than king shark that was 100 practical too yeah which is really cool um they really ripped a man in half uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, they killed a man oh, they sacrificed well, a real man <laughs> it was yeah it was just a stunt double it wasn't one yeah, of the high exactly. i don't know i mean and i think i think king shark and maybe polka dot man but maybe more so king shark is like a testament to how james gunn turned this movie around from the first one because like i said the first one 
You didn't give a fuck about any of those characters in the first one. Right. Like, no. Not a single I give one a fuck did you about care all about. All of these characters. In this, I know. In this movie, <laughs> yeah. you care about a giant shark who has like yeah. a dozen very, lines throughout the whole very movie. Endearing in this film. Very endearing. So like, like you know, at the end when he's getting attacked by all those like alien fish that are trying to eat him alive, and like you know he right, falls yeah. off the top of the building, and you're like, oh, I hope King Shark doesn't die, and you're like, wait. Why do I care about this character? I don't know, but somehow I do. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and it's the same. Think, it's the same kind of energy he used to make you care about a talking tree and a talking raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. I think uh, we could talk about Idris Elba now. I think he is also a very big standout in this movie, just because I he's like him. I like just him he's basically just Will Smith's replacement. Obviously, that is true. But he did everything better. Yep, I I actually really like the scene where him and his daughter just yell "fuck you" at each other. Real, it felt right. It felt <laughs> like I watched that and I was like, "This is the most realistic family drama I've seen in the DC." <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. really good. I just, uh, I just thought, yeah, I thought he was inter- uh, entertaining the whole time, and him and again another bonding with rat catcher and stuff i thought the whole thing was really yeah. good yeah it was very smart and simple of him to use the rat as like his kind of touchstone so yeah. like and when he's touching the rat and he's actually petting the rat it's like a, mm. we've made it character like, growth yeah. yeah it's nice it's, it's, <laughs> it's a simple way to visualize character growth he's smart about doing that yeah that was real quick to touch on that uh when they first drop out of the ship and weasel drowns and then <laughs> When they uh, show up and uh, Idris Elba's character freaks out about the rats are two absolutely fantastic moments where uh, the lady running it, Waller, is like just doesn't know as much about these people as she, yeah. she does. Yeah. Like, like, like she knows yeah. the crimes they've done and what they're capable of doing, but she clearly doesn't check their weaknesses. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, right. things no. that, are problems and it's yeah. such a good thing to pick up on yeah. that they, they no, put did anybody rain, check rain to see if weasel could swim yeah like yeah. a simple thing <laughs> that just nobody, everyone would just assume that that's fine see, i actually so, so they she asks that question and then she turns to um uh steve, steve agee's character and like and he has this look and i always just took it as like steve like steve agee knew he like he was the one that chose Weasel for the mission. He knew he couldn't swim, and he bet on him dying. That's <laughs> like, true. In my head, I'm just like that fucker knew he did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but that's such like a small thing to add in there, and it comes up twice, and both times it's great. And it's like it's not something that I would have like in the first movie. I didn't think you know. At any point, I'm like, oh, what if one of these characters can't swim and they have to go through water? Right, like, yeah. right. <laughs> didn't thought didn't cross my mind. So the fact that they added that in uh, in two different ways, I thought was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I thought Amanda Waller was also really good in this movie. I feel like she was one of the few people that actually stood out in the first one. Yes, because she 100%. seemed like she actually knew what she was doing. Uh, had somewhat decent direction. Yeah. She was still really good in this movie. She that was she as vicious in the first one as she was in the second she one? She was still pretty mean in the was. first one, yeah. but she I think she was more vicious in this one. Also, I liked I like the the small change of you know again they all have like detonators in their heads, but instead of her just holding an iPad that she could accidentally touch at any point and kill any of them, it's like this big oh, yeah. turn the key, flip the switch it did, thing. It was gonna, yeah, a I'm bit gonna, more uh, of a ceremony. A correction. Yeah. It's Viola Davis. I said it was Olivia Wilde who is not in any way, shape, or form. How dare you? No, so Olivia Wilde's very different. I expect you to know every actor and actress that has I'm ever just, been I'm gonna, in. A... I'm gonna, yeah, give me back your degree. Give me back your degree. Oh, that was good. Yeah, I thought she was really good. Um, John Cena is also a huge standout in this movie. He, he was my favorite. I think, I think his I, deadpan comedy, the way he delivers some of those lines, I, absolutely kills me. I don't it's think so John good. Cena is a good actor. But How dare I you, will, sir? I will say, if there is anything he can do, it is this, and James Gunn fucking knew it. 
Like yep. <laughs> he like this this rule like like I don't think he's a great actor because he's very wooden and he's very dry. He have a that great race. Exactly. Yeah. That's literally exactly what Peacemaker needed. Yes. So like in all of his performances where his acting doesn't work, it works here. It's like literally a match made in heaven. It's the best performance he's ever given in anything he's ever been in. It might be the best performance he ever gives in his in his like career. Like I just think the Peacemaker character was made so perfectly for John Cena. And I just I don't like under normal circumstances, he's not like a great actor. I just don't think he yeah. is like. Even in Fast Nine, which is like a fun movie, but like, and it's fun seeing him in it. But like, when he tries to do the emotional connections with Vin Diesel, I'm just like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, he was, <laughs> he was extremely but good like, in this movie. But yeah. with yes, but this this movie played his strengths so well, yeah. and that's what makes it work. And I think James Gunn did like you 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 worked a miracle there, and there he was fantastic in it. Yeah, he had some of the funniest lines in the movie. But yeah. I think it was just so good. I love it when Amanda Waller's talking about his backstory, and he's just like, oh, it's just me. <laughs> he's like, it's just, was, just you, but better. Yeah. One of my favorite bits was when they're in the, the briefing, and he just goes, Starfish is slang for butthole. Any relevant relevance? <laughs> and then, probably, and then she says no, and then it, like, they, they continue the conversation. But if you hear him in the background, as he's writing, he goes, not relevant. <laughs> it just made me laugh so hard. Yeah, he was so good. And like not only did he deliver some of the best lines in my opinion, with that like dry, deadpan, cold, unflinching <laughs> demeanor that he had the whole time. Yep. Uh the scene between him and Flag, their fight scene oh, got yeah. like actually pretty intense. And like yeah. uh Darren pointed out when we were watching it, uh the shot where his helmet falls on the ground. And they're fighting in the reflection of the helmet. Yeah. Such a good shot for that fight. Yeah. And like, he obviously can do choreographed stuff because he was a wrestler. And like that scene, I think he, even though he was one of the funniest characters, it's very easy to take him seriously in that scene. Like, I think he switches very well to that threatening persona. I think I think that's because he does a really good job of making you like like he fully you buy that he has this ideology. Yeah. Like when yeah. he talks about his like whole I I love peace to the point where I will kill any man, woman or child to obtain it. Like when yeah. he said that, like I did I I had no idea where the plot was going. But when he said that, I was like that's going to be a problem. Yeah, just because <laughs> that doesn't seem if like a there's good anything thing. like that threatens that, and with Starro, like it's almost like, well, if this is the cost of peace, yeah, then there you go. And I was like, this is so like that kind of extreme ideology. I was like, this is going to be a problem, and it yeah, it became a problem. Yeah, and he's a yeah. fucking asshole. <laughs> he is, but it was amazing. Yeah, it was really good. I love the callback to the smaller bullet too yep. later okay. <laughs> later in the movie. I actually, I, I mean, it makes sense that it is Idris Elba that kills him because they had the whole like dick measuring contest scene mm-hmm. and all that stuff. The whole movie, there is that rivalry between the two. But initially, when we have that moment, which I'll, I'll talk about in a little bit, but when we have that moment where we think Peacemaker is going to kill Ratcatcher and then we flash back and it cuts to mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like eight minutes earlier or whatever. I I immediately immediately was like, oh my god, King Shark is just gonna walk up the stairs and then see her down like that. And he's gonna go friend in trouble or something like that, and then just immediately eat John Cena's character. <laughs> and that's gonna be the like that's how like his like circle will be closed with like the whole friend thing. Right. It's like he tried to eat her and now he's eating someone else to protect her. And like I thought for sure I was like that's it. He's just gonna eat him. And then obviously it didn't happen like that, but. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good. But uh, Ratcatcher was also was a good character in herself too. She had the Taika Waititi connection, oh, which, was which was yeah. great. Yeah. His best performance ever as a druggie. <laughs> Dude. That last that last little like flashback moment like made me tear up a bit with that theme of just kind of like if the rats have a purpose, then like so can you. And that that like for me really nailed the like the theme of like what James Gunn was doing, which was like taking these really unknown, really stupid, really disparate like 
comic book characters and like actually making you care about them and like love and fall in love with some of them and like telling this incredible story with them kind of thing. And I just like that was I thought that was wonderful. I just thought that was beautiful. Was really also good. nobody brought this up, but I'm gonna bring it up. Um, but John Cena and those whitey tidies. <laughs> yeah, it was powerful. That man is oh, jacked. Sure, as fuck. That's too short. He is a large man. He's pretty big, man. His I, arms are goddamn huge. Wish I was that big, but I have to, I'd had, have to hop on had, some extracurricular gear for that. <laughs> he was definitely packing in those tidy whities too. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's big donger. But uh, that was so good. That was uh, probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie. Is he just fucking shows up in the fucking? that? It's just it's so funny. It's so funny. Middle, like there's this one character about to eat the other one. He just walks up. And just, <laughs> yeah. Hey man, it? he's in his sleeping gear. You know, does it? Does it? He sleeps in his tidy whities. Doesn't Bloodsport bring it up and then like doesn't he call him yeah. Whitey Tidies and he says that's racist or something yep. like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gets John so Cena gets to pull the race car. It's like, uh, like everybody else is so like they're on a mission in like a hostile territory. So everybody else is sleeping like in their uniforms and he's like, nah, I'm gonna get comfy. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's like, I'm good. Stripped. I love him. the the whole scene where they go into the camp and kill all like the peace for peace. Fighters, that was incredible. Dudes. Yeah, it wasn't was crazy. I just that loved so that good. whole sequence about, and at the end. About like oh, four, we didn't see anybody. About <laughs> four kills into that sequence, I went, "Oh no, these are the good guys." Just because of how effortlessly, I think it was when John Cena like put that like hatchet in the dude like eight times while he was sleeping. I was like, walk, oh, he just walked by. The guy's just I, taking a bath. He just shoots the fucking radio into the tub. Yeah. <laughs> so I cool. honestly didn't know that it was good guys at all until I didn't either. Like yeah. I didn't even make that connection. I should have because they like, weren't like soldiers or whatsoever. Like but how easy it was for them. I was like, oh my god, this that would be just James Gunn to like make this a joke about them killing the wrong people. <laughs> and I sure enough, just, <laughs> I thought did, the right? joke was just their dick measuring contest. Yeah, then, uh, <laughs> I thought something was gonna go wrong at the end. Uh, uh, yeah, like, in like a bad like where, where they get ambushed or something. Not, yeah, I, uh, I we didn't see anybody. We don't. Who are you talking I, about? I still didn't even make the connection when they showed Flag with that lady. I was like, oh, Flag is betraying them in some way. Like I still yeah, I was thought, like oblivious. I thought Flag was just like smoothing his way through it or something, just, like, <laughs> hitting on the the woman or something. Uh, They're like, oh, the Freedom Fighters are out there. I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We didn't see anybody. There was there was no one there. Yeah, not yeah, one so good. Oh man, no. Um, I actually I read an interview with him where he was like, that was the one scene where he was afraid that like they were gonna say he went too far because he's literally <laughs> just murdering a bunch of good guys. <laughs> like so no, good. they let him do it. Yeah, but they're they're bad guys. It makes sense. <laughs> I mean, they still they, they still are felt bad villains. about it. It seems like, but yeah, <laughs> they're all uh, antagonists. So. Do we want to talk about the main villain, the old Starro? How we felt sure. about him? Sure. I thought, I mean, I thought he was a good choice to be first. He's I such like a he's such good. an out there villain. Yeah, that, I thought yeah. it worked perfectly with the tone. It was very James Gunn. Starro is a very super, James Gunn thing. It was super like creepy too, like the way like he's almost like with the with the weird tentacles and shit and then like yeah uh, zombifying people yeah zombifying people and like it ripping people's faces off if you try to get yeah, them that off was like that. that was like yeah. i remember so it was funny uh, i guess minor criticism um a thinker doesn't do a whole lot of thinking in this movie true um but then they had the scene where they go down the bunker and i went oh my god he's a nazi butcher scientist and that's exactly what he's supposed to be yeah. and like he's so fucked up in that way and yeah seeing like the people cut in half and like their yeah. organs pulled out or, like the thing removed from the person's face and it like ripped all the skin yeah. off and shit yeah. Oh, that was like so. That? And that was that's another like such a James Gunn thing to take something so inherently goofy looking and making it like legitimately threatening. Yeah, well, that's what I was gonna say. Like just like that scene where they were walking through that doctor's like room was like just one of those like perfect like short scenes to like implant like still like the sort of dark serious tone like undertones to the whole concept. Yeah, because like. You know, you're having a good time. You're laughing, 
you know, at the fact that the, you know, these guys just killed the freedom fighters and, you know, which has dark undertones in and of itself. But then this scene is just real direct. Like you said, like people hanging there cut in half and like pulled the damn star off a dude's face and it just like rips his face off. And I was actually kind of like shocked at that scene almost because like, I guess I forgot, like this is rated our movie and, you know, there's some serious stuff going on here. And that kind of reeled me back in to, you know, and it actually True. probably was a good strategy because then it prepared me for like when Flag and Peacemaker fought and Flag gets yeah. killed by Peacemaker because like, now I'm back. I'm reeled back into the seriousness of the movie because yeah. at that point I think it was all like a laugh fest and then you're yep. like seeing all exactly. this crazy yeah. stuff going on. James is very smart with that structure because he goes, "All right, we've had our fun, but remember, yeah. this is still shit's going and crazy." And that was all like mostly not related to the dialogue like that was all essentially oh. just set dressing it was all yeah, background yeah. they didn't even like uh, mention it yeah, like they didn't was, even yeah. like make mention to what was happening like they yeah, all saw like, it and they were like, like oh you're experimenting on people but they didn't like directly yeah, talk that, about any of it listen, yeah. listening to that scene and watching that scene would be two totally different experiences that's, yeah yeah, yeah. No, that's a good <laughs> it's all just like this visual stuff that's just happening and you just see it and it's kind of brutal yeah. right and they they even make you kind of feel like bad for Starro who's doing all this stuff. Where they like imply that this dude's like experimenting on like fucking it and stuff like that. And, like, but that was yeah. that was <laughs> and, like, great. I actually love that weird pervertedness that they added to Capaldi. Like when he's when she's like, How would you have how would you like having a dozen rats going up your ass? And he goes, You're gonna uh, surprise you. Like, <laughs> no, that was no I agree. I agree with, with with that element because when the one woman that's taken over says like he violated me or whatever and he just has that smile, you're like Oh, you're gross, dude. Yeah. Like you're real yeah. gross. And after he dies, yeah. he's just like, I was fine floating among the stars. Like I didn't want to fucking deal with See, any of this okay. shit. That's <laughs> why I come down here. You know, I I like I like that line. I think it does add a layer because then it makes it not as two dimensional as you know it could have been. I think that was good. I'm not saying it's not, it wasn't a good choice. However, I didn't suddenly feel the amount of sympathy that the internet is feeling for Starro after just one line at the very end after everything it did to those people. If I can, like, if I can like, peel oh. back the curtain real quick, Brett, that's because you thought he could fly away. They never show him doing. However, you said he should just leave then, but they never yes. established that however, he could fly. No, but however, that okay, I was literally just having this conversation with my roommate, and he actually thought the exact same. thing thing and i think that comes down to visual language and because of the way that and this is a weird subtle like subliminal thing and i think the way james gunn shot these smaller versions flying out and gliding and stuff i think just because we see that happening first that is the image we have and or at least when i watched it right i was like okay so trans translate that right there to the big one and i was just like in my head like if it launched it could do something now obviously upon rewatch it doesn't have that ability however i do think that just the way it's shot almost makes it seem like it, it could right do that if that makes sense and I, i'm way. not saying i don't understand that i totally get because like the one shot we get of him before the final battle is in space and he's floating around Right, and yeah. then he shoots out the little ones. Because he's in space. That, yeah. yeah, and sure. they shoot out the yeah, little ones that glide true. around. Um, so I, I understand why you it's thought just, that. I think it's like a visual language thing that like yeah. can you. Know. But even, you, could, you could really, really delve into it and be like, well, even if he could fly, we don't know what kind of, uh, you know, he was in captivity, so we don't know if he was in under some level of sedation to prevent him from doing I mean, you know, that's, something that's like fair. that. You know but, what I mean? But I, I think that's why he hooked for two hours. So, like, make sure your message is clear. That's all. I, I assume that's why your level of sympathy didn't translate as well. Is because on your initial watch, you were under the impression that he could have left if he wanted to. Yeah, I mean, that's very possible. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like, the, I feel like they did a decent job of showing him not being able to fly, too, just because whenever he throws all the little star guys, anything that didn't land on people just stayed on the ground. That's I mean, what I'll just land to Brett because well, we, we had this yeah, conversation exactly. before, yep. <laughs> and that's that's yeah. what I told him. I'm like, I think they just glide because when they hit the ground, they kind of just stop. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. See, I, a little bit. 
I kind of, I kind of, because uh, I considered that too. I was like, how could, how did this thing not be able to escape? But then I know I init- I like enacted my willful suspension of belief and like, um, <laughs> or disbelief, whatever one it is. And it was like, eh, there's probably some reason why he couldn't escape. And so I actually did kind of care about Starro when he said, you know, I was fine floating around amongst the stars because it's like, I don't know, for all intents and purposes, he's just an animal. So like, right. You know, yeah. if, yeah, if, he's just if, defending if you, himself. If you, if you captured a bear and then it killed you to escape, do you really feel that bad? Right. No, <laughs> no, probably <laughs> not. Because like you captured the bear and it didn't want to be captured. So, True. you know, uh, you kind of feel think... bad for the bear because it was unwillfully captured. Yeah. So um, uh, most of the characters in this, there's a lot of grades of or shades of gray to them. Like, obviously, the Suicide Squad is all villains, but they're arguably doing a good thing. But then that good thing that they're doing is not quite the good thing that we're led to believe initially as the audience. And then they kind of do a better thing. And so, like, everybody in the movie, be it Starro or Waller or the Suicide Squad themselves, have these depth to them where nobody's just like... This is the good guy. This is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. True. Although I guess when you think about it, like wasn't Starro described as like the like destroyer of planets or something like that? So well, like, he he well, called he him Starro. Yeah, he Starro the conqueror, because like derisive. Because like, well, what I'm gonna say is like, although he is he was fine with just floating amongst the stars. If he accidentally floated to Earth, would he conquer Earth then? You know. So who knows. You know what I mean? Well, like, Starro didn't call himself that. Oh, he didn't call himself that? Okay. No, yeah, the scientist the, the, the thinker himself. did. Uh, call him that oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I don't know enough about Starro from the comics to tell you what he does in the comics. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's I'm a pretty obscure sure DC either. character, and I, I didn't know put... him from the uh, the famous comic where he's on Superman's chest and makes him like relive everything, uh, you know, as if he like gave up his powers and stuff. That's like well, really... there's also. There's also a Jaro that uh, there's a little Starro baby dude that I think it was Batman kept and trained oh, him. He, he became like a little superhero. Oh, he became a Robin. <laughs> yeah, he became a Robin, yep. <laughs> which yeah, is see, I, interesting. And he, I, I don't know enough about no, his Like, there's a whole thing in the comics where like yeah. he is one of the most respected characters of like Batman's entire. Like Batman holds him in such like higher regard than like almost any other Robin. Like, it's, like yep. Jaro was his favorite or something like. <laughs> It was good. But yeah, Star I mean Star in the comics was pretty similar to what he does here, but more villainous. Oh, I, I don't know, yeah. I don't know what his motives and stuff were from the comics. I mean, in the comics, did he conquer planets? I think <laughs> I, yeah, I think that was I his deal. I, yeah. I assume that because of the name because he does have the name Star of the Conqueror, yeah. but it was just I James Gunn taking honest to tell you. Yeah. yeah. Also, it took people a really long time for some reason to realize they should cover their face. <laughs> it did. The stars that was, flying that at was people. one of the things that, like, like when they're in the when he first comes out, uh, Ratcatcher Two yells to the rest of the Suicide Squad, "Cover your face!" and they all do, and not one of the soldiers around her does. Well, yeah. I, I personally kind of thought it was a little funny in a bad way, where like, yeah, she says, "Cover your faces," and then Harley does like two. She's like, eh. Eh, two swipes and then like she's fine and meanwhile yeah. like guard number three is getting like starfish is like pelted at him like <laughs> rapid fire and you're like why are there only three going after harley yeah <laughs> like that that was the one moment that i was like this probably could have been executed better they got that they got that plot armor son yeah like they, they clearly didn't uh fit on king shark's face uh rat catcher <laughs> had a mask that was great if uh, Bloodsport's mask hadn't broken, he would have had a mask. Yeah. So, like, they could have done a way of, like, if their whole team had masks or something, um, and the army didn't or whatever, but it was literally just them. They would just, like, put their hands up in front of their face. <laughs> Everybody would have been fine. Guys, right? it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. Pretend you have COVID. Like, that's what I would have right? done if a, a regular starfish is coming at my face. <laughs> I would put my hands up. Right? Anything is coming at my face. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, that's reflexively <laughs> what you do, and not a single one of them did. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a dick. I don't block it. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? I know that from experience. Ooh, <laughs> that's true. I had to get there somehow. 
But uh, <laughs> so I guess like, John, it's a, if, if I might uh, for a moment uh, play kind of a, a devil's advocate, um, as like it's very interesting with with doing reviews on Holy Goof and stuff because I have to like like I have to take both my what I like personally and like critical technical kind of know-how and like blend the two when it comes to like creating a review for something and it's like it's interesting and it's so it's like this is this is an instance where if i were to critically like really analyze it i think there are some faults in this movie um but on the personal side i'm like but i don't care because he does them so well that's Um, how i was with endgame so when I watched okay, Avengers yeah, Endgame, yeah. I had that same thought. I'm like, there's definitely problems here, but I'm just enjoying it so right, much. Exactly. <laughs> so like if so like okay, so just few few like random things that like technically maybe weren't like the best thing in the world. Um, like having this incredible buildup with Peacemaker and Ratcatcher and then just like stopping in the middle of it and then going back for an mm. entire eight minute sequence until you go back to the momentum. Yeah. Um, typically like not a good thing to do. Uh, Birds of Prey does it at one point and I, I dislike it there. I think James Gunn does it better here. And there's like literally only one thing that actually saves it. And he was a smart enough madman to know that this is what would let him get away with it. And it is immediately cutting to King Shark and the new dumb friend scene. Because immediately I didn't care that I had to wait to find out what happened with that cliffhanger (laughs) because that scene was adorable. Um, so like, I think he was like sneaky in that, like he broke a few rules, but he did it in a way that like made me not care that he broke the rule, which is like, that's, that's good filmmaking. Like in a way, like that's what you should do. You should learn the rules so you can break them in the right way. And like, but like, if I'm really coming down, like it is like kind of almost like a blue ball to like go, go up to that moment. And then you cut away for like really long. Like I, I ended up enjoying what I was watching regardless and that's what saved it as i was like i kind of don't care because i'm still having fun however like technically it's like oh man like come on um the other thing is now this is what i was talking about earlier when i was talking about my comparisons with the original is structurally this film is literally guardians of the galaxy meets the original suicide squad um he slaps a different coat of paint on it but it's literally what this movie is because it is the gang of misfits. One of them has something to do with rodents with a personality. One of them is really stupid, only knows a couple words, but is very strong and you fall in love with. The leader is a super sarcastic kind of douchebag, but really lovable at the same time. Like those dynamics are literally Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And then also structurally, there are several plot points that were similar to Suicide Squad. And that is with Starro and him overtaking people and basically turning them into like mutant controlled like bodyguards. Like that's literally what Enchantress does with the eyes of whatever the fuck they're called. Um, And then also here's an interesting one. So Waller, I loved, absolutely loved the dark twist of Waller basically using the squad to clean up America's dirty work. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, what's interesting is that is extremely similar to Waller's original role in the David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad, which is yet to be released. Um, I've like looked up on stuff online and there are comparisons about what the supposed differences are. And one of the biggest differences is in the theatrical cut, Enchantress just like kind of escapes and then starts mayhem with her brother and then Waller's like oh fuck I'm in the same city that she's fucking shit up with so she uses the squad to like essentially evac herself out okay so like that's it so in the original cut it is all 100% Waller's fault and she is using all of it to cover up her own mistake because in the original cut the squad has not been approved yet So in order to create a disaster for her squad to fix, 
she purposefully releases Enchantress to test her and see how strong she is. And then when she fucks shit up so bad in her own city, she goes, oh, shit. I got to get the squad to clean up my own mess, which is a drastically different like version of her storyline and makes Waller a lot darker and more manipulative. And I think that's interesting. I have a feeling James like almost like maybe had a conversation with David and was like, and knew about that and was like, that's not necessarily, I want to take that, but that's the kind of Waller I want in my movie. The kind of person that will use the squad to clean up her own shit. And I think that was a really great move. So while there are technically some similarities between the original Suicide Squad and Guardians of the Galaxy and this new one, I think James does such an excellent job of doing all of it really well. He took everything that Suicide Squad did wrong and he did it right. And then he took everything we loved about Guardians and did it again with a different coat of paint. But the coat was so good that I didn't care that he did the same thing again. <laughs> it's like, so so while I can technically say, like, all right, there's a couple, like, technical issues here. I also, like, enjoyed myself throughout the entirety of that film so much that I kind of don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So Brett thinks right. he's the only expert here. I have a problem <laughs> from coming from an expert, okay? You want to hear my expert problem? That yes. hard drive at the end of the movie doesn't matter. They It was a mechanical hard drive, and they dropped it so many times. That fucking thing doesn't work anymore. Are you kidding me? <laughs> they, dro- they dropped it and kicked it. It doesn't work Jared anymore. did point that out while we were watching. Yeah. That's like, so that thing's been broken like 30 times already. Yeah, it wasn't also, a solid stage drive. Was, the minute they dropped legit. that motherfucker on the ground, all those fucking plates inside, they're all fucked. It doesn't I work was also anymore. just like the first hard drive that... Purpose, and that uh, should- yeah. Commentary. It's also just Correct. like the first one that Flag grabbed. He opened he just up and grabbed just grabbed it. Hard drive. <laughs> yep. He doesn't My, know what's on there. They don't have anything the on it. Hard drive. Oh. They had a whole, had a whole <laughs> server rack there with freaking drives <laughs> out the ass. It's probably all of, all of Thinker's porn. We didn't. Yeah. 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 Wrong one. Oh, no. Yeah, nobody wants that, that either because it's anyway, like on the hard drive. No idea how important it was. Yeah. So. My expert really opinion yeah. says that that hard drive never would have survived anyway. So, that's fair. flag died for nothing essentially. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! All right, all right, Jen, So, what are we rating this movie? What are we thinking? Uh, do you want do you want a rating, like just a normal rating, or do you want a DC rating <laughs> compared <laughs> to the other DC films? I mean, I think I think we all agree that it's probably the best thing DC's been out. I would say yeah. compared to the other so. DC films, it's like a solid like 10, 9 or yeah, 10. Yeah, 10 out of 10 <laughs> yeah. if it's DC. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, you can, you can start if you want, Darren. It's I was fun. just going to say, yeah, like compared to other DC movies, it's like a solid 10 out of 10, but just on its own, it's still like an 8, I would say, 7 or 8, yeah. 7.5 probably. Um, I would say very good. Yes, I would. I would agree. I'd probably give it like an eight point five, maybe a nine. I liked it like a shit ton, so I think is I'd give it like an eight point five, probably. So, what do you think, I'm Brett? Um, I if I'm going like strictly on like the filmmaking and stuff, it'd probably be like an eight point five because I still think it's excellently well made. Uh, there's just a few like little bugaboos, if I can use that word. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's gonna have to be censored. Damn it. Can't say that uh, on the however, like Jeez. James Gunn is like perfectly within like my aesthetic, and I like absolutely loved and enjoyed everything throughout that whole movie. Like to me, on a purely entertainment level, it's it's a perfect viewing experience. It's essentially a ten out of ten on that basis. So there you go. How about you, Sean? Um, I'm gonna go on the higher end as well. Um, I was. So I was very excited for the original Suicide Squad because I was excited to see Killer Croc do something and then he didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, and, that's true. So like when he this one started like showing minutes. prequels, yeah, I was very concerned that that same sort of thing was going to happen um, where like I was going to like a, one or two characters and they were going to get next to no screen time. Uh, and I, I didn't have high hopes for it, but... It absolutely blew me away. It was the only DC movie that I've gone back and rewatched. And nice. I I would say nine to nine point five. 
just overall, I think it's a fantastic movie, and I enjoyed it much more than I was expecting to. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Sounds good. And I think I think two just two things. I think this I think this is the best DC film they've made um, next to Shazam. So if you have not seen Shazam, I would say go Shazam see that. Shazam is good. It's as very well made. Um, it's super funny and it has a lot of charm, which I think is one of the strengths that Suicide Squad has: is its humor and its charm. It's very and different types of humor. Very, to no, be clear, yeah. Yeah. different types. But I, I still think it's one of those strengths. Um, the the other thing is, if you like this kind of humor and this type of tone, please, for the love of God, watch Doom Patrol on HBO Max because that shit is fucking bonkers and it's hysterical. And it's like literally the opening is freaking Alan Tudyk narrating while ben, Brennan Fraser like pounds his maid from behind and fucking <laughs> Alan Tudyk going, now that's a real hero. Look at that ass. <laughs> and pumping away. Like it's the funniest thing in the world. It's so wacky and so like raunchy, I guess. Yeah. Like I, just, I started great. Doom Patrol. That's I haven't good. finished it. I've been, I've been wanting good. to watch it so I could support yeah. my boy Brendan Fraser because he's yeah. making a comeback. So. Right. It's got and Alan Tudyk up in yeah. September. Uh, watch also watch it because I have multiple friends that work on that show. So if more people watch it, then they keep making it, and my uh, friends you just getting you employed. It for me. Now I'm not you watching. It for me. Now I'm gonna boycott that show. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they need. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I know you you can't be up super late, Brett. So we'll just think it's a good time to roll it out. I agree. Uh, yeah. Overall, we really like the movie. Yeah, it was fucking great. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Definitely it may not fun. be for everyone because it's sense of humor or it's wackiness. Like it might be a little too much, but I mean, hey, I fucking I enjoyed the hell of it. To that I say, those people should lighten the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, thanks gents. Well, thank you. Me. Yeah, thanks for coming on the cast again. Thanks for having us, guys. Always yeah, thank it. you, guys. We appreciate your time and your effort to sit here and talk, even though it's not very hard. It was, it was built up, and I had to come watch a movie with you guys, and then oh, man. talk about it. Oh, how far do you have to? How far do you have to? How far do you have to drive to get to my apartment, Sean? Like uh, two hundred miles or something? Down a flight of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's rough, man. That's, in my that's car in the far. stairwell is is tricky, and finding parking outside of your apartment door in the hallway, oh, it's nearly impossible. Try to keep it clear out there, but you know I got a fat ass, so it's hard. <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> All right, gents. Thanks again for coming. Yeah. Until next Pleasure time, guys. But yep. uh, And thank you, everybody Happy. out there who may be listening to this. I know that yes. we have been a little lack- lackadaisical on getting episodes out, but we're, we're, we're getting some out. So right. thanks for sticking around if you are. So. Yep. so thank you very much. And you all have a good night.